Yesterday, I said something about interest-driven education, and I allowed myself to describe it in terms of making something an end in itself because it interests us. And then I said something a little bit later about what is an end in itself. It's something that we enjoy for its own sake, or words to that effect. And afterwards, I started saying to myself, what is enjoyment? What is it that something does for us that makes it enjoyable? And why do some people enjoy some things and other people not enjoy those same things? And some people enjoy very little or some people enjoy things that we can't understand are remotely enjoyable. What is it? And as I thought about it, it struck me that the, the metaphor is of energy. That something that we enjoy generates more energy than we need to put into it in order to enjoy it. And I suppose at a, a very simple level, if this is the sort of thing that floats your boat the effort of switching on a piece of music that you enjoy is considerably less than the enjoyment, than the energy that that music will then generate as it plays. Now, of course, just to pursue that idea, the total cost, not just financial cost, but cost in every sense of a piece of music that you enjoy is more than we might imagine. It's not just a matter of going into a shop and buying something. In the old days, a piece of vinyl or a CD, and now, of course, logging on and downloading and streaming something on the internet. They all have an economic cost. They all, therefore, represent some measure of effort on our part, some investment of energy on our part, since in the end it is our energy, including our time, and that is a measure of the total cost of acquiring the ability to enjoy that particular thing. But I think that the the metaphor of energy is very useful because there are things that drain us of energy. There are things that we Well, our heart sinks in anticipation of doing them. Sometimes it sinks in anticipation of meeting somebody or having some task to perform or something to do. And our spirits sink because we see them as a net drain on our resources, that the amount of energy that we will have at the end is less than the amount of energy we will have at the beginning. And no doubt there are many things in life that do require that kind of thing, like you know, da- daily chores and doing the garden and doing the housework and whatever it might be. But ideally, and of course it is ideally, and I'm not uh, remotely underestimating the challenge that this represents, ideally somebody will find a way of earning a living, of of making ends meet, of living their life, doing some kind of job or maybe it's a voluntary activity or a hobby or anything you like, which 
has the net effect of energizing them. And I think that when you talk about human relationships, the key measure of a human relationship, it's sometimes measured in terms of something as amorphous as love, but I'm not sure that I have ever understood what the word means. But the measure of a human relationship is that it in some sense generates more energy than it absorbs. And for most of us, unless it's a necessity of work or some other aspect of our existence, would much prefer to be with people who energise us than people who drain us of energy. If you want a, a metaphor from the world of science, then of course this is exactly what those working on nuclear fusion are trying to achieve and have, I think, only just recently perhaps managed it, namely to get more energy out of a nuclear fusion reactor than it takes to make the nuclear fusion work. And this is because when you fuse two uh, atoms, two elements or protons together, the net energy of the fused protons is less than the energy of the separate protons and the surplus that is not needed can be given off in energy. And this is the fusion that drives the extraordinary nuclear reactions in the hearts of stars upon which all life in the universe ultimately depends. So there is a metaphor here that lies at the very heart of existence that there are some reactions, whether they be in nuclear physics or in human life, that generate more energy than they absorb. And so to go back to my interest-driven education idea, I regret to whatever extent I once saw it as a means to an end, as a ploy. I think that the heart of education should always be either to discover things that young people, not so young people, old people, adult education, you know, adult and, and even geriatric education all should have this quality, to discover things that generate more energy than they absorb. And it's never necessary to justify that to somebody else. So when yesterday I said, and what is it about this that interests you? is fine if you, it simply is asking you to elucidate some aspect of it to, in order to understand better what you are doing. But if it's a very cynical question, like what's the point of that? The answer is, the point of it is that it generates more energy in me than it absorbs. And that can mean that you're engaged in a bizarre activity, something that somebody else simply cannot understand and would never for a moment consider doing themselves. But you have discovered that it fills you with energy and ultimately, I suppose, to use another word that is think somewhat overused but fills you with joy you are you become radiant with the energy that is generated by something that gives back more than you put into it now you can then you can then take that metaphor and you can apply it to pretty well anything in human life 
And although I'm not naive enough to suppose that we can ever find our way through life never doing things that absorb more energy than they generate, I do think that having it in mind as a criterion is a good way of navigating our way through life. Because if we find ourselves persistently required to do things or be with people who don't generate more energy than we need, then maybe we should do different things or be with different people. It's as simple as that. And of course, you may say, oh, but we can't afford it. But we can't afford to have more energy sapped out of us, sucked out of us, drained from us than we are generating. Because that way, we only end up in a state of melancholy, even clinical depression or whatever it might be which can, of course, be caused by all kinds of circumstances, if we keep in mind that whatever we're doing, we should be getting more from it than we put in, we should be generating, or it should be generating, or in our relationship with it, or a person, or an activity, or a thing, or whatever it might be, we find ourselves glowing because there's more energy coming out of that relationship than we are putting into it. That, I think, is the purpose of all life and all education, i.e. to discover those sorts of activities, those sorts of relationship. And it doesn't matter, let me say this again, it doesn't matter whether other people understand that. It doesn't matter whether other people find it energising or whether they find it interesting. And the big complaint that I've got about education and indeed the passing but very important remarks I made about exploitation yesterday, that so much of our labour earns more for other people than it earns for us, that's particularly true in cases where we are engaged in doing things where the net cost to us in energy terms is greater than we get back from it. So ideally, this new world, this brave new world, this extraordinary new world of AI, by making many of the things that drain our energy because they're drudgery, by making that less necessary to be done, it may have the effect of freeing us up to discover the things for us that we really want to do, the things that energise us, the things that interest us, the things that we find enjoyable, the things that give us joy, the things that we love, all of which are pretty much the same things. And where education needs to follow this and anticipate it and pursue it is in saying it doesn't matter or it perhaps won't matter or perhaps it never really should have mattered, although one can see that this really is a bit idealistic, it shouldn't matter whether other people think what you're doing is useful, profitable, beneficial, necessary, or anything else. If you find it more energising than something else, there may, after all, be many things that you find energising and you're choosing between a, 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 a range of riches riches and richness so that something that you choose needn't 
It isn't, you know, it isn't, you're not choosing it because something else will not be energizing, but just because one thing at some particular moment seems more energizing or more likely to be energizing than something else. Nobody has any right to deny you that, and nobody has any right to tell you that it's not sufficiently useful, particularly the people who were you to succumb to their demands to do something that was useful would make more out of it than you would. And you've only got to look at the extraordinary, obscene imbalance of wealth in the world to understand that there are plenty of people who will tell you that you really should be doing something more useful, not because that'll be good for you, but because it'll be good for them. And so education, in my view, has got to be interest-driven because it's got to help us both by extracting what we are naturally interested in and by acquainting us with things that we might not otherwise ever think of trying. Its job is to acquaint us with the things that are energising. And if it does that, that's all it needs to do. Nothing else. Don't let anyone tell you differently. Thank you for listening.